We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You know Devin Wade here with you for another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us. Don't know how you found us, but I am certainly glad that you have. And we have a great podcast coming up for you this time as we come to you from uh, where we're hunkered down in our bunker so that we can bring you safely with uh, the appropriate amount of social distancing another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. want to remind you of a couple of things. First and foremost, I hope you're staying safe. I'm praying for you guys. I hope everybody out there is doing the right thing and really not hoarding toilet paper, not hoarding water, and allowing some of the elderly people who need these supplies to get them. So I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope we are being good citizens to one another. I hope that if we are going out and about, we are keeping an appropriate distance away from everybody else so we can get this this crisis over with as quickly as possible, although we know it seems to be getting worse before uh, it'll get better and that's all every indication is that that's exactly what is going to happen so again you know not a lot going on in the world of sports but look to the nfl to bail us out because when i and i'm still going to do the not just sports talk with devin wade podcast now that's coming up and we have some very important guests coming up for you later this week so uh, we're going to come to you guys a little bit more frequently because hey i'm trapped here and well not trapped i can move around but I am choosing to, um, I, I put it like this, I have more time to dedicate to the podcast, and I think you guys need that relief, and I will give it to you, and I have given it to you. want to remind you guys to go to the WadesWordProductions.com website, WadesWordProductions.com. That's for everything D-Wade, and subscribe to the email list. Get on the email list, and for infrequently, not frequently, but infrequently, we will email you guys and let you know what's going on. And, of course, you can call the sports line, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade sports line, 24 hours a day at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Well, the cancellations and the postponements seem to continue baseball pushing their deal back and there's a lot of information in and we'll get to some of that maybe not in this episode because we really want to get specific on uh, something that happened he, the biggest sports story uh, of the day I, I mean i think we can safely say as it pertains to on the field or something that's going to happen on the field not related to the coronavirus but a lot of uh, a lot of big news about that and uh, this time out we have a conversation with terrence harris and we asked him about the ex- XFL, and we talked about some of the other things around this crisis. So again, that's coming up. Also, headlines. We're going to get into the top story. We won't get into all of the things uh, that have happened today in the NFL, but a couple of big things we'll get into, and we'll go to a "We the People" segment. Heard from a lot of you guys. I wanted you. I want you guys to keep those comments coming, and we will keep getting those on for you. So with that, let's get into some headlines. 
Going to get to some headlines. I want to remind you guys, though, I forgot to mention at the end of the show, and if you've never done this before, because I and I have to say this because we keep getting uh, bigger and bigger, a lot more people who are listening for the first time. Towards the end of the show, before the mix, before I sign off, before I let go, I do the Lamont Award. And you have to check out the Lamont Award because we give that to the big dummy of the episode. So that's coming up a little bit later on, and we can broaden our field of prospective Lamont Award recipients because uh, we don't have to just restrict it to sports, although we can't. But I think that with everything on hiatus, we can reach out into the world and pick out some Lamont Award recipients. So with that, let's get into a little bit of uh, a few of the headlines. First and foremost, the opening if as it pertains to Corona, and we'll get to more Corona talk. I mean, we can't avoid it. It's a part of our everyday life now, and it'll be like that for the foreseeable. So we'll get into some of that, but it's Corona-related. Major League Baseball announced that they will push back the start of opening day to at least mid-May right now. And so now we're starting to hear the numbers and the dates getting pushed back, even indications from Trump that this will go into the summer. And some people are talking about the end of the school year. We don't know where we are with this thing yet, and uh, it's not looking good. My early prediction is that America will get sick of hanging out at home <laughs> as of April 1st, and then they'll try to, I mean, something something will have to move between now and then, whether it's a, a vaccine or, because they already started, to, well, they started to test, I guess, the, a component of a vaccine. I, I don't, again, don't quote me on that part. But what we will have, what we will have tomorrow is something, someone very, very important, someone very knowledgeable about the coronavirus. So tomorrow, and I think it'll be tomorrow. If not, it'll be Wednesday. But I think tomorrow we will have uh, talk of the coronavirus with an absolute bona fide expert, not somebody I heard somebody. I'm talking about somebody with uh, with unprecedented credentials. And, and I won't say who it is until we get that person on. But if you have questions for me, hit me up on social media, on Twitter at Wade's Word. You can email me, Devin at Wade's Word Productions dot com. Devin at wadeswordproductions.com, and we will get some questions on. I want to know what you guys want to know. I mean, I have my questions, but I want to ask questions that you guys want to know. So call me 832-941-6614. Give me an idea of what questions you want asked, and we'll try to get those on. So with that, Major League Baseball pushed their starting day back to mid-May. Okay, that's that's a done deal. In addition to that, we didn't talk about this, but the NFL has signed their collective bargaining or have agreed to this collective bargaining agreement at some point soon. And we'll, and we'll talk about that. But at some point soon, we'll have 17 games and two more playoff teams. If that's 2020, I'm not sure yet. It may be 2021. We don't know yet, but we can get into the nuts and bolts of some of that a little bit later on as we progress because we have time to talk about that. A number of players, a lot of free agents, Agency uh, moves, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of guys becoming free agents. Franchise tags handed out today. We can get into some of that a little bit later. There's still some, I mean, we know for sure now that Tom Brady will hit the market 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So that's happening. That's a done deal. Whether he signs, resigns with New England, he can. Uh, but we'll get into that conversation as well. In addition to that, Dak Prescott, he was one of the guys franchised. So a lot of folks in Dallas are not happy about that. And I don't think it's as bad as people think. I think that that will be resolved in a uh, uh, easy way. So 
I don't think that's a huge, huge issue. But the top story in all of the NFL is the fact that the Houston Texans have traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. And what did they get? David Johnson a second-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick next year. They sent Hopkins, a top-three receiver, a top-three receiver to the Cardinals and a fourth-round pick. So I have a lot to say about this. This is an, an absolutely terrible deal. A lot of folks, and I've taken your phone calls. We have a We the People segment where I've already taken some phone calls, and you'll hear those in just a little bit. But I'm telling you, this is just another example of why I hate the Houston Texans. And, you know, you want to be loyal to the soil. You want to love your team. First of all, we in Houston, I think if you are old enough, you don't have that same blind devotion to the team because you realize it's not Houston's team. It doesn't belong to the city of Houston. It belongs to the McNair family. That's who it belongs to. We learned that the hard way when Bud Adams took Houston's team, the Oilers, to Tennessee. So from that standpoint, I want to be loyal to my local teams. I really do. But then you have a Bill O'Brien that does some of the stupid that he does and and again this is terrible it's it's a terrible trade i don't know you could try to look for positive angles say well maybe they've seen the best years of deandre hopkins uh of his career well deandre hopkins is 27 years old guess what david johnson is 28 years old so let's look at just the deal itself hopkins is a top three receiver in the nfl and you could say one of the arguments I saw, and I think Charles Bush, Bishop said this, is that, well, you know, as GM, you, you, you get rid of him, you pay other guys. And you, you, you have to think of it in long term, in, in a long term situation. In a long term situation, you only have a top five player in two positions on, in the NFL. I mean, you can make, when you want to argue about Tunzel, I don't think you do. But if you want to make that argument, that's a different, that, that's a conversation we can have. But it's not really debatable that DeAndre Hopkins is a top five, if not top three, receiving NFL. And the only other top five player that you can say without a lot of argument is Deshaun Watson. Now what you have done is hamstring him. There have already been several issues pertaining to protecting and developing this just transcendent talent into being a the, all you need him to be to be a franchise quarterback. And now you take away a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. How did you help him? You say, well, we added to the running game. That should take some of the pressure off of him. But what you left him with was a glass receiver, a very fragile receiver, and another guy who is relatively new to the team. He came last year, and he's a big play guy, but he's not a proven number one. You, you, so you've gotten rid of your number one receiver. You don't have a number one receiver. You re-signed Darren Fells at tight end. You don't have a, a Jimmy Graham at the height of his game. You don't have a, a Travis Kelsey. You don't have a, had that guy at tight end on your team. So you got rid of your number one receiver. And then the other part of that, they said, well, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he, he wanted to be out of here. Well, that begins to be a problem for your organization if you have an abrasive coach who does not win championships, who blows a huge lead in the playoffs. You do all of those things, and you can't get along with your players. Example, whatever his issue was with uh, Jadavion Clowney, he got rid of him. Of course, the organization, I think this is even bigger than Bill O'Brien, the outspoken Dwayne Brown. Got, you got rid of him. You, they don't like guys that are outspoken. They don't like guys that are strong, that don't. I mean, Arian Foster towards the end, they didn't, they didn't want to deal with him. Didn't want to deal with Andre Johnson once he started to speak up. So this organization has a big, big problem with working with players who are, are outspoken. And I'm guarantee you that DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't be outspoken 
if he felt like that the team was heading in the right direction and you had the proper leadership on the field, in the coaching booth. Uh, and so these grudges, see, there's one thing with your Bill Belichick and you've won championships and you've done things. That's, it's one thing to be that, uh, that a-hole when you have the trophy case field. And you say, well, he's a-hole, but it's for a, gr- a greater purpose so they can win championships. Not, this is not happening with Bill O'Brien. He is not a Super Bowl caliber coach. We saw it. You go and get this big lead against Kansas City, and then you give it away. And again, if you can't l- win with that lead at that point of the game, when can you win? Eddie Robinson asked that question. Like, if you if you had that opportunity, if you can't win that game, when can you win? What circumstances? Oh no, Santana Dotson said that uh, on this podcast. If you had that, if you got all those things going for you, and you can't win, then then when are you going to win? So you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. You get rid of him. And again, now you're trying. And if you say, well, they needed to move up and get something. And over the next two years, in 2020 and 2021 in the draft, they didn't have a pick before number 50. That's that's two years in a row. And why is that? Because of bad deals that you've made previously. Let's look at some of the deals that Bill O'Brien has made that have put the Texans in the position that they're in. So they traded for Larry Mintunzel because you didn't want to keep Dwayne Brown. So you trade Dwayne Brown, okay? And maybe that wasn't Bill O'Brien's decision. Maybe that was a, a, a Bob McNair decision. I believe that. I believe he didn't want – I thought maybe Dwayne Brown got too uppity for Bob McNair. I think that's exactly what happened, and he got rid of him, okay? So what did you do? Dwayne Brown, a starting left tackle, a credible all-pro left tackle who really was a, a stalwart for this team for many, many years. You got a fifth – and a second-round pick in 2019. That pick became Lonnie Johnson Jr. Lonnie Johnson Jr. is okay. We, we we don't know yet what he's going to be. He was nice, but no indication he's going to be a shutdown corner or all-pro corner. We don't have that indication yet. And you got a fifth-rounder for Wayne Brown because he got two uppity. And if not, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, I could say, no, we don't want to say that. No, that's what it was. So now, okay, so now you deficient at left tackle. Okay, you draft the right tackle, and you have to go out and get a left tackle. So what do you do? You overcompensate trying to get Laramie Tunsil. So you get Laramie Tunsil and a fourth rounder and Kenny Stills, but the Texans give up a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2021 second-round pick. This is what you've done. And for Jadavion Clowney, a guy, all he, he didn't want to be franchised with that. He still would have come in under the franchise tag. He said so. He thought he was going to stay with the team. He didn't want it, but he was going to come and play for it. He, no indication he was going to hold out for the year. They knew that. And he was fully anticipating to suit up for the Texans. Well, they traded him because Bill O'Brien didn't like him. So they what did they get? Did they get a first rounder for him? This is the number one overall pick, keep in mind. Did you get a number one pick for him, a first round pick for him? No. What you got was a third round pick and a couple of tomato cans. This is what you got for a guy that is, he may have disappointed on some levels. To, I mean, it's hard to live up to the building of the number one overall pick, but this guy was a good 
good defensive player. He was really good against the run, and I know his numbers didn't uh, didn't speak. Oh, this is uh, give me the kid out of uh, the, the Don Aaron Donald. These are not Chris Jones, Aaron Donald numbers. J.J. Watt and his height, the, the, not those numbers. But he did work. He he turned over the football for you. He got interceptions, fumble recoveries. He was a guy that made life easier for everybody else on the team, including the golden child, J.J. Oh, Watt. So th these are the things that put you in this position. So they didn't have a, a top 50 pick in 2020 or 2021. So now you get rid of Hopkins because presumably you, I don't know what you, what the sales job is on that because I hadn't heard the press conference yet. I'm sure there'll be a sales job and Bill O'Brien will say whatever he says and the Houston media will eat that up and there you have it. So there that is. So let's look at some of the numbers. So keep in mind, I want to also point this out. The Texans... You go out and get David Johnson, but let's not forget, you went out and made deals for Carlos Hyde, and you went out to make a deal for Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson cost you a 2020 third-round pick, okay? Because he was, I think he was active for 11 games. It was a fourth-rounder that could have been elevated to a third-rounder. He was active for 11 games. So that's a third-round pick you've given up for him. So you have already made deals for running backs. So if you get rid of them, okay, you get rid of them. But David Johnson, there's no indication that he'll be a significant upgrade. Let's look at the numbers here. David Johnson in 2019, he had 345 yards rushing, 370 uh, yards receiving. 2018, he had 940 yards rushing, 446 yards receiving, which was great. Great receiving out of the backfield. 2017, he got hurt. 23 yards rushing, 67 yards receiving. You have to go all the way back to 2016 when he was the man, when he was the top back in the league or right there with the top backs in the league. He had 1,293 yards rushing and 879 yards receiving. This was in 2016. We're going to play the 2020 season. He's 28 years old. And clearly, the Arizona Cardinals didn't want to deal with him. They franchised Kenyon Drake, the other running back they acquired from uh, the Miami Dolphins. So he was not a priority there. And you give up Hopkins for a guy that they didn't want anyway? I mean, they just robbed you blind. Okay, so you get a second-round pick. Okay, that's the number, 40, uh, the number 40th overall pick. But let's look at the, the backs that you did have before you brought in Johnson. We said Johnson had 345 yards rushing and 370 yards receiving. That's what he had. Duke Johnson last year had, I mean, actually, Carlos Hyde had 1,070 yards rushing last year. Duke Johnson had 410 yards rushing last year. So you had a competent tandem that David Johnson is not a significant upgrade for. And it's, it's ridiculous. And you leave yourself, the, the, the cupboard, relatively bare. Now, Will Fuller is 25 years old. In four seasons, he's missed 22 games. Now, he had a career-best 2019 with 670 yards. Not 1,000 yards. 670 yards and three touchdowns. He cannot stay healthy. He is a that deep threat that was able to flourish because you had a DeAndre Hopkins that you had to pay a lot of attention to. Hopkins is 27 years old. Let's just look at the numbers over the last four seasons. 
2019, he had 101 receptions for 1,165 yards. In 2018, he had 115 receptions for 1,572 yards. In 2017, 96 receptions for 1,378 yards. And in 2016, that's just the last four years, 78 receptions for 954 yards. And think about all that he has done throughout his career with subpar quarterbacks and even a rookie quarterback when, when Deshaun came in. And yet this guy's been a soldier. He has been committed to this organization. He's been committed to this city. He has been all of the things you want in a guy, except what, he he's not getting along with O'Brien? Why? Because is that some of that they call on offense? Because he doesn't like how the offense is running? Come on, man. And th this is what you're doing? And this is what you want me, a native Houstonian, to pull for? I don't know how you guys do it. I just don't know how you can continue to support this team. And you blow this lead. It's an embarrassing Buffalo Bills type loss. There were massive changes after the Buffalo loss. I mean, not as much because they still felt like that nucleus was there. They came back and then they had the, the debacle against Kansas City. But even then, you brought in essentially a, a, a new co-head coach with Buddy Ryan. What do you do here? Oh, you you get somebody else to call the plays, and you get rid of uh, Romeo Cornell. This is what you do. No massive changes, but I guess the massive change is to get a, get rid of one of the two best players you have in, in your organization. This is what you do. And, and reaction around the league is, I mean, they're laughing at these guys. They're laughing at them. This is a, this is this is ridiculous. Let's hear from you guys. Time for we the people. For the We the People segment, what we do is we take phone calls from you guys on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Sports Line at 832-941-6614. We got a lot of phone calls. I didn't get all of them. I'll add more on the next podcast. So if you have called and you didn't, didn't hear your phone call, we'll try to get you on the next podcast. 832-941-6614. Also, I post on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook, and you can always go there to to comment. So what I'm going to do is I will play all of the calls back to back and then I will comment on each of those and then I may uh, read some of the comments on the Facebook page as well. Here were your comments on the sports line. Hey, what's up, Wade, man? This is Mr. Manny, man. I, I just called to, to give my little, my little two cents on, uh, on the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien is an idiot. You know, like, y'all trading away all these marquee players and ain't getting nothing in return. If I was Deshaun Watson, I'd bounce too. Maybe he need to end up to the to the Patriots. I don't know. I'm just saying, bro. That's just my two cents. I'm a diehard Houston Texans fan, bro. Win or lose. But now I'm really, I'm like, I'm out of there. Done. Boom. Drops the mic. Devin Wade, Chili Bill Smith. You know I had to call in on this one. What in the hell is Bill O'Brien and the Texans doing? You getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins and a, and a late pick? They giving them up? What? Man, you might as well get X. You might as well move the XFL uh, roughnecks up to the, uh, instead of them playing for the Texans. This don't make no sense. This don't make no sense. You know I'm not a Texas fan. It's funny to me. Y'all can say all y'all want to about the issues that Dallas got going on with Dak and Mario Cooper and all that. But we wouldn't have done something stupid as, as trading the best wide receiver almost in football right now. 
Boy, I wish Jerry Jones would have got him. I wish he would have got him. I wish he would have got him. <laughs> Talk to you later, my friend. Hey, Devin, it's Owen Henderson. You knew it wouldn't take me long to call in regarding DeAndre Hopkins. To me, that trade makes absolutely no sense whatsoever with the amount of offense he produced and the one-on-one threat he is all over the field. Why do you get rid of one of your best offensive players? To me, that handicapped Deshaun Watson and all of the great things he has done. I realize I'm not in Bill O'Brien's position, but that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. and makes me question even more why Bill O'Brien is still the head coach of the Houston Texans. And as far as that's concerned, how he got a contract extension. So that's my two cents worth on the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Congratulations to Arizona is all I can say because they got a heck of an athlete. This is the Carverdale Cobra. I cannot believe what happened. I, it's just amazing how some stars, certain stars, cannot stay with the Texans. They could at least got a number one draft pick. David Johnson is prone to injury a lot. This is a bad deal all around. That's why I'm not a Texans fan. I'm like Tilly Bill. I'm with the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm out. Devin Wade is Nate Jones. I was just minding my business, man, this morning. Self-quarantining myself because of this coronavirus. I ain't trying to be around too many people out here and exposing myself because who knows the unknown. But uh, this guy win that DeAndre Hopkins got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just I'm surprised by the by the announcement. It seemed like the world was on its way to coming to an end, and then we got this positive news come out of nowhere. At least it's positive to me. You know, I'm just happy for the brother. He's uh, I don't believe anybody worth as much as he's worked and as good as he is. He had to play for the Houston Texans. So hopefully he joins a long line of individuals like, you know, David Carr and uh, Jacoby Jones and uh, Gary Kubiak and all those other players that went on and won championships uh, once they left the uh, Houston Texans. And, uh, you know, I'm really just happy for him because I didn't want him to have to become another Andre Johnson figure where you spend your whole career here and produce and produce only, you know, to no avail, really. So, you know, I think it's a great trade for him. Um, I'm really excited to see him and Kyler Murray should football ever be played again. You know, it seems like right now might be a while, you know, might be a while. So well, once it happens, I'm excited for Kyler Murray and the DeAndre Hopkins connection. Hopefully they do something down there and win a chip, you know. And hopefully uh, Sean Watson find a way to get himself traded somewhere else too. Peace. DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and a second and fourth? Really? Really? <sighs> Is it basketball season yet? Want to thank all the fellas for checking in. Want to thank the Carverdale Cobra. He's a fantasy football. I mean, he he kills in fantasy football. He does work uh, every year. Last couple of years, he's he's put it in. He's been right there in the thick of things in both fantasy and I, I don't want to say in the picks too, but for sure in fantasy. Elwin checked in as well. Want to thank uh, Nate Jones. Want to thank uh, Mr. Manning for checking in, and of course our very own KTSU's own Chili Bill Smith, who will be giving us a mix here one of these days. We're waiting to hear a mix from him. But you know, that you this is where I take issue with people who talk about Houston fans. Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, and I always talk about this. Look, the fans here do not accept losing. You naturally want to root for the home team. That's a natural, I think that's a really a natural reaction. You're te- we are territorial by nature, and we want to root for our team. And when we don't, 
it's because of stuff like this. And so what you hear is, like with Mr. Manning, hey, this is where people start to leap off of the bandwagon. It's because of moves like this. These are not fair weather fans. This is not looking back and revising your opinion. This is on the forefront. They're looking at this, seeing what's happening, and they're seeing right now that this is about to go off the rails because of a, the deal like this. So a couple things I noticed, you talk about the fact that a lot of people, are they feel they want to root for DeAndre to go on and do well. And also a lot of people feel bad and feel sorry for Deshaun Watson. And because again, all the pressure will be on him. And if he fails, they'll say, oh, he just wasn't that guy. When in reality, you had an organization that took away his most vital weapon. Now, again, it would be different if the Texans had a, a big name, a Travis Kelsey type tight end or the guy in, uh, in, in San Francisco, those kind of tight ends that could put up big numbers. What, what is his name? Ah, I don't know. It escapes me. But they don't have that. You, and you take away his number. And you didn't add top running back in the league. You, you, you're not going to turn into uh, the Dallas Cowboys running game. You, I mean, you like to run, and that's cool. But, again, you have to have a more balance and you have to utilize that superstar you have the quarterback position. So again, and you know, you really can't listen to the Chili Bills because he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. He, he he probably feels so good that the Texans made this trade because we don't have to talk about the franchising of Dak Prescott, which that is gonna go on until they come up with a deal. They have until July fifteenth to work that out. So we'll have to see uh, how that happens. But again, uh, those were the uh, the first few calls. If you did call and if you're going to call, you can 832-941-6614 and get your comment heard and we'll try to get it on the next podcast. Right now, I'm going to take a time out here, a word from our sponsor and from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. want to remind you guys, if you have music you want played on the podcast, email us at music at wageswordproductions.com. That's music at wageswordproductions.com. And um, make sure it's radio edit. The kind of music does not matter. The genre doesn't matter. Uh, just uh, make sure it's radio edit. We want to be family friendly. And, of course, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point in a, uh, a the whole song at the end of the podcast or an extended portion of the mix. But right now, I'm going to hear uh, from Cobank Holmes. Come back on the other side with Terrence Harris. Great conversation with him. And we have a Lamont Award and more. It's Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust Cobank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. Cobank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devon Wade and iTunes. Welcome back to Sports Talk. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wadesword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome back to, uh, what is this, episode 156 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I don't emphasize the numbers as much because they're getting up there pretty large, but I do want to notate. And I put the number there so you guys, uh, if you missed or hadn't had a chance, you can say, well, a minute, I, I caught 154, I need to catch up with 155, or I caught 53 and 155 and 154, but you know, whatever. You know you know the drill. But nonetheless, want to thank our DJ, DJ Anarchy, and of course, Cobank Holmes. A lot of people, interest rates, after all this blows over, get your house at a lower interest rate. I don't know. Well, hey, talk to him. He'll know. He'll know when the time is to, to buy. He'll take good care of you. I um, want to remind you guys, if you uh, want to get in uh, on and reach me, go to wagewordproductions.com and, of course, the sports line 832-941-6614. Want to get into a conversation with our guy. He's becoming a regular. Our guy. Terrence Harris. Now, these interviews and all of these things, these phone calls, everything is changing so rapidly, hour to hour, day to day, moment to moment, morning to afternoon. And so some these conversations, we have to have them, and I almost have to post them immediately, which I, I work slow. So I don't post them. It takes me a little while. I have a process. I'm a perfectionist. Not quite. But if you only knew the effort the tediousness of what I do to bring you uh, these podcasts, you would be like, dude, get over it and just get it out. And I'm trying to work faster. I am trying to work faster. Hence, we are going to try to put out podcasts every day, every other day for the foreseeable. If we can, if we can, we'll try. But here's our conversation with Terrence Harris. Veteran journalist Terrence Harris, because now I don't want to just limit you to sports. You do a, a little bit of everything. You're capable of doing anything, and that's the thing about it. If you could write about sports, you could write about anything. So, veteran journalist Terrence Harris, how are you this afternoon? Yo, yo, what's going on, Devin? I'm doing well. How you doing, brother? Oh man, just uh, just scrambling here, like many folks in, in our uh, profession, just trying to find a lane here without any, <laughs> uh, I mean, any activity at all. I talked to you last weekend and we had talked about visiting about a whole different conversation and boy, what a difference a week makes. What do you think? How are you making sense of this, this crazy, crazy turn of events? I'm just sitting here still just like, wow, man, I saw just like, what is really going on? I mean, you know, and obviously understanding that, you know, and always having the understanding that life is way bigger than sports. I mean, you know, you know, and, and so this is just a little small piece of what, what, what this world is really about. But I mean, but when you really put it in perspective, I mean, so much revolves around sports. And so now, and in terms of our entertainment, what we do, how we spend our time. And I think people are now going to start to figure out just how much time they spend watching sports, you know, being a part of it, whatever, because it's going to be gone. And so there's, there's a void. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to watch all day on TV today. Right. I mean, they're playing yeah. replays and, and all of those things. And I think, unlike, say, the movies, where you every every form of entertainment creates its own economy, 
like with movie theaters and popcorn vendors, blah, blah, blah. Sports, I mean, if you think about it, the it, it's, it's such a far-reaching part of the economy. And I think it, it's easy to, to minimize what sports is but until you start to think about the, the restaurants and the bars and the, the infrastructure around the venues, the p- people who produce merchandising, and, and not to mention the folks in stadium that do uh, the vending and, and the cleaning crews. I mean, it, it's, it's far-reaching. I remember when LeBron left Cleveland, how they talked about how it, the businesses really suffered downtown because folks weren't coming down for uh, the Cavs games. They just weren't coming downtown, and that almost killed the, the entire economy of downtown Cleveland in his absence before he made his return. It's far more far-reaching economically than I think people give it credit for. Now, Devin, why, why, why you got to bring up Cleveland and the Cavaliers and LeBron? You know, I, I don't even really like to say that dude's name when he when he abandons us like he like he keeps doing. I mean, you know, that was tough. But you know, Cleveland has some other things too. You know, we had the casinos downtown and things. Well, like I that. know so that we, they've sort of rebranded themselves. I, and I forget you're yeah. Cleveland native, right? What, what yes. Shaker Heights? Yeah. So what's the neighborhood? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Sh- Second high, second high, yeah, second high. But you know, but, but you know, Cleveland. I mean, you know, and and Cleveland, we we represent. I mean, I don't care where you know what suburb you're from. At the end of the day, it, it's all about Sea Town. After he came back, and it seems like one of the the, the stories, the, the sort of peripheral stories they were doing was, was how Cleveland is making a comeback. So I mean, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't a shot at Cleveland. It was just stop talking about the yeah. economic impact. Yeah, it was just, it was just a bad memory, man. It's a bad, it's a bad joke. So, yeah, I just hit a know. nerve, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all. We 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 keep that in the back of our, you know, in the back of the memory. You know, you you know, we all like to think about it, but yeah, you know. So but, but it's out there. But yeah, I see the parallel. I see the parallel you were making. I mean, and, and I think um, and I think it's going to be true for you know a lot of markets out here. I mean, because you don't you don't have you know restaurants and stuff like that won't have some of the, the just ready made available uh, you know patrons that that you know that that big athletic events tend to produce. So think about I mean, sports bars. Will people go to a sports bar if there are no games? I mean, I know they still open, but I, I don't know. It's, I, I thought about that sort of like, what about the, all of these sports bars? Even up and down Fifty Nine, are people going to keep going? Or, or, I don't know. Maybe not as frequently, but I mean, I think that has to, that may not just be because there are no sports. I think, you know, right now, I don't know how comfortable everybody is with, you know, eating out and, and, and being amongst people. I mean, you, you have some folks who I think really just kind of want to stay close and stay, you know, with, with as few people as possible around just because, you know, they don't know what this is and they don't know how, you know. You know, we, we kind of have some information on how, how it's passed on, but I mean, you know, just there's still so much uncertainty and people and fear, to be honest with you. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to have as much of an effect on sports bars and, and other places that we like to eat as anything. But I think if it, if you had take the, take that part out of it, and I think people would probably still be you know doing their regular thing because you you have to find something else to fill that void. I mean, you know this. The sports, I mean, is, is a, we spend a lot of time, and we're about to figure that out. Like I said, I mean, in terms of just how much time we spend, because that's how big this void's going to be. Yeah, and, you know, I, I look at a lot of different aspects, and I think, and I've seen people actually moving around quite a bit. It's not like, I mean, I, I, being out and about, it didn't. It doesn't seem like you know Houston is shut down by any means. So people are still moving around. Here's my, and I'll give you my take on this, and you give me your opinion of this. 
I said come April 1st, when America has to be locked up and self-contained for a couple of weeks, more or less, self-contained for a couple of weeks, they're going to get sick of it. And there are going to be some people say, I don't care what's in the street. I'm getting out. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to live in fear. And then you'll start to get the calls for games to resume. Because I, don't, I just think that once people realize, oh, look, this is my life, no, no, I can't stay locked up. And I think that the right. the consciousness of America will be like, no, we got to get out. We And so I think we'll start to see movement as early. And not that the games will resume, but they'll start to be talked about when these things will resume. Because then the real economic impact will set in by then. And at that point, people will really have the... Uh, sort of corona fatigue and you know we have the attention span of a net here in america so i just think that right wrong or indifferent people are going to get fed up in a couple of weeks and something's going to have to happen uh, they're going to have to find some doctor somewhere to say it's going to be okay to give them permission because i just don't think that we can take it uh, our psyche uh, can't take it in america well we're not built this way i mean you gotta understand what, what we're built on i mean you know this whole idea of freedom of freedom of movement freedom of expression freedom you know nobody really tells us when we can and can't go, when we can and can't move. That's not how this nation works for the most part. So, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of pushback at some point on being restricted. Uh, you know, if, if we really get to that point where they say, hey, you guys need to, you know, just stay inside for, you know, X number of days like they'd like done in China and places like that. But, you know, they can do that because government has a far stronger reach on his people than, than, than here. I mean, we push back all of the time on our government with no fear of, of, of a concern or reprisal. So we're, there's going to be a lot of pushback. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of protest and, 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 and that sort of thing coming up as well. If they do, if we get to that point where, you know, they do try to restrict our movement and, and tell us we need to just stay inside, I don't think that's going to go over well at all. I mean, I think that we're, you know, We'll, we'll see a lot. We'll see a lot, and then I think that's when people maybe will start to think maybe it's time to get these people back to the, to normalcy in some kind of ways, and and one of them could be sports. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, I, if we do that, I just hope we're doing it in a safe way. Well, I would think that they would want to come back without fans, and, and I think the really the sport that has the most room to make some decisions is the NFL. Uh, I think the drafts are uh, April 29th. They have time to make a decision on whether or not they are going to still have the draft in Vegas. I, I haven't heard them cancel that yet, but I know that that's the next thing. But they have time to make accommodations and provisions, and I think that, like most Americans, they're thinking by, by the time summer rolls around, this thing will be blown over for the, for the most part, and we can resume normal life. But I want to talk about the victims here, and I'm not talking about the – I mean, obviously, the victims are the people who are ill and, and dying and their families. But there are a lot layers to people who are hurt by this. I want to talk about the, like the XFL. I think you and I talked a little bit about this off the air. But the XFL, man, I th this is a, a, a blow for them substantially because they had an opportunity. They were building momentum. And it would have been great to see what the rest of the season would have played out like. Uh, as the weather got better and, and more and more folks engaged and, and then ultimately having a championship here in Houston, can they bounce back from this? I believe so. I think they'll be fine. I, I think that the, that the XFL should be fine because I think that, you know, um, there won't be pushback because, I mean, I think, you know, Vince McMahon took his head out of the sand and did not um, go forward. Like it, sound, it seemed like he was maybe thinking of at one point, you know, maybe being the only show 
around. And thank God he he did not go take it down that path. He stepped back, and I think that's you know that'll allow people to have some more compassion for him in this league. I think some of the things he's doing to to make where he's showing that he cares more about his players than anything. I mean, he's going to continue to pay them. They can now start to you know prepare for the NFL. Uh, you know, for futures in the NFL, that's kind of where the, you know where the, their hearts are taking them at this point. He's given them permission to do that, so he's doing all of the things to put his you know put his players first that I think will endear to to people in the public as we go forward. And I and I think they were doing a good job of of kind of building a fan base and, to, and building a following. So I think people are going to look, be very much looking forward to next year. Do you think, and you got a chance to see five weeks and you got a chance to review the talent on the field, do you think, you're looking at a handful of guys you think will get a shot at the NFL or a couple dozen, how many do you think will get a legitimate shot to play in the NFL based on their performances in the XFL? I think there'll be quite a few because keep in mind, most of these guys have already spent time in NFL training camps, so it's not like these guys are like unknown to the NFL. Most of these guys have, 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 you know, PJ Walker, all of those guys, they've been in camps, you know, and, and I mean, you know, the, the Colts know a, a whole lot about him. I mean, but now they have a chance, now they got some tape on him. And, and that's going to be important, you know, in terms of really making an evaluation on some of these guys. So that, that's the best thing that's happened for several of these guys is you, you finally have some, some game film because keep in mind, a lot of these guys have been like, like PJ, you know, keep coming back to him. He had been a practice squad player for so many years. So he's done, they've seen him in practice, but nobody's seen him in games. Right, and he had, yeah, I mean, he really benefited from this. Whereas uh, the yeah. the kid from Ohio State, Cardell Jones, he I think he probably cost himself any few, and not that he had an op- another opportunity, but I think it solidified the fact that yeah, he he's probably done as a professional football player after being benched in this league. I don't know what your take is on that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and clearly, I mean, it can hurt you, or, or you know, but you know, but that's the thing about athletics too. I mean, you know, the the, the comeback story has has always been king. So now, can Cardell find it within himself and work hard and, and and pull himself out of this rut? And who knows what he can emerge into? I mean, here's a kid who probably still to this date has had the best five or six week run of any college football player in this in that's ever played the game. What he did for Ohio State at the end of that season and then in marching them to, to the national championship. I mean, keep in mind, he was the third string quarterback. Right. You know, he and you know, he was the third string quarterback when that season began. You know, and so for him to come in and you know and and and, and guide him to the big you know, the Big Ten championship and then the two playoff wins to you know, to, to win the national title. What he did was just incredible. Nobody has ever had as incredible of a season. And then even the next year, uh, he he wasn't playing well. But guess what? They never lost. Yeah, and I, I don't coming. think he, I don't I don't think he ever lost a game as, as as a college football player. You know, but but Cardell has to be willing to put in the work to become you know an elite NFL type quarterback. And it's going to take some time, and so he's but he's still young enough that it might take him, you know, another couple of years to really develop. And so he has to use this time wisely. I mean, and you can't sulk and just you got to deal with it. I mean, and say, okay, let me really sit back now and, and look at this tape and figure out how I need to get better, what I got to do different. Well, and one of the things that I'm concerned about with the XFL, and this is something else that you and I talked about, is player turnover. 
when you talk about the fan bases. So uh, clearly, Houston folks fell in love with Walker uh, and the wide receiver. And if these guys go on to the league, which we wish them well, no doubt, but now you're forced with having to replenish that and try to get familiar with a whole new group of guys. It'll probably happen every single year. Is that a sustainable football model? Yes, yes, it is. I mean, because this is this is considered. I mean, this is like like minor league baseball in a lot of ways. This is minor league football. Anybody that's looking at this, this is this is not football on the level of the NFL. So what you're looking at a guy. I mean, you're watching this game because you're looking for guys who are going to develop into those type of players that you'll start to watch on Sundays at some point in the fall. I mean, so that's what you're looking at. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at these guys as developmental guys. You're not really looking at them as guys who are going to be here forever. Now, now, there are going to be a handful of those guys. I mean, and I think for the most part, guys who are defensive players, we will, you know, we probably will get a chance to follow them for a few years before they move on or, or get tired or whatever. But, but I mean, and I think for the most part, the guys who are going to probably be leaving and the revolving door is going to be on the quarterbacks more so than probably any other position in that league. Cause that's where the NFL is kind of starving right now. They need, they really need quarterbacks and they need quarterbacks who can develop who are being developed. I mean, so this league is giving them a chance to develop. So I think that, you know, it's, um, it's not going to be as much of a revolving door like your running backs and players like that. So you will have a chance to have some play, some key players who you can kind of say, Hmm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next year. So, I mean, so there, there will be a, a number of those guys. But for me, like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm more intrigued just by the difference in the game. I think this game right now is a little more exciting than the NFL game because of some of the differences and, and, and some of the some of the quirks to what they're doing. I mean, it makes this game a little more interesting to me. So well, I, I think that I'm, that's why people will, will, will continue to come back. I like it, and I like uh, I, I mean I like the the changes. Again, I, and I said this early on, and I'm still uncertain if which of these changes, if any, I would like to see implemented in the NFL. I don't. The kickoff is probably if I had to pick one thing, that would be it. I don't know that I would want to see a lot of in-game interviews. I think that that's the media sort of stroking itself when it comes to oh yeah we're gonna get it in the game. I don't I don't know that I, I I like the separation so these guys can be in the moment of what they're doing and then in the post game we can hear from them. I don't like the in game interviews. Uh, I mean we see it in the NBA with the, with the coaches head coaches and I don't know how much that really essentially adds to the broadcast. I think it's just sort of self serving for the media. Um, but beyond that, the kickoff is the most intriguing thing. I don't even. I'm not even sure about the PAT yet, and I, and, that, and that was one of the things that I was looking forward to, sort of watching more frequently to see if this was something that I really could marry myself to, because all of these concepts are so foreign to us who've been watching football in one way for our whole lives. Yeah, I mean, but, but you know, but I think it's it's all about evolution, and I think um, like even that we haven't gotten to the best parts of the. Of what that PAT could be, just like last love, the last XFL game between Seattle and, and Houston, had Seattle been given those final two seconds that that, that they got cheated out of, right? And they somehow scored a, a, a touchdown. We would, you know, now we would have had a chance to see because they would have gotten they would have gotten six points. They were down by nine, yeah, right, yeah, which would have meant that they. They could wrap your mind around. They're down by nine with two seconds to go, and they had a chance to tie the game. 
In the NFL, no, you, I mean, like that would have been a moot conversation because guess what? You're down nine. No, there's nothing you can do in two seconds that will allow you to make that up. I mean, so it, it gives, it, it adds a little bit of an element to the game where you, you can, you know, where, where that lead, you know, might be a little bit, you know, a, a little, a little far out there, but you can make it up. I mean, so I thought that they, they missed a great chance for, a, you know, just a fantastic finish at the end there. Uh, but I think that that's coming. We sometimes as journalists, who've been around this thing for so long, sometimes we can become a little jaded because it doesn't, like seeing in-game interviews don't mean as much to us. It's, it's a waste because we know we know what the real prize is, right? right? But for the everyday fan, for the layman fan, they love that stuff. I mean, they're, they're eating it up. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's exciting for them to sit there and be able to hear t- the coach call plays from the sideline or to hear that the, the officials – have a conversation about certain calls and certain. Well, that part I liked. I, I liked the, yeah, the official, I mean, the transparency that that I did like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, it's some it's some behind the scenes kind of stuff that we don't normally get to see that I think you know fans are loving, and I think you know, and and, and I and I'm a, I bet you any amount of money we're going to see some of this stuff in the NFL game at some point as well. Just like Vince, you know, has been famous of talking about how. You know, you got the zoom camera that goes across the field. That didn't used to be the case until his first his first incarnation of the XFL back in the early 2000s. And all of a sudden, the NFL said, hmm, we like that. Yeah, it was and good. I think the NFL, yeah, and I think the NFL would do some more of that. Uh, you know, they'll look at some things. I mean, because I think fans, fans can't get enough of the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. And before we let you get out of here, I want to get your take on this. We know how difficult being a sports journalist is, sports talk show, all that. Being involved in sports, how tough this industry is uh, anyway. Just on it, when all things are going well. Now with this happening, a lot of folks will, will be laid off. It's going to be it's going to be massive changes that may reverberate even when the games resume. Uh, and I've, I've been thinking about a lot of folks who who this is their career and this is how they make their money and and a lot of folks are losing jobs and will be losing jobs or at least losing substantial income. Uh, what do you what do you say or what are your thoughts on all of the sports journalists, all the folks in our industry that will be displaced on some levels, maybe temporarily, maybe permanently? Uh, what's your take on that? Oh, it's tough, man. I mean, at any time, you know. I mean, you know, you hear. Uh, of someone, you know, being on the chopping block. I mean, it it hurts. I mean, you know, because you know we, it's it, it's our business. It's what we do. We know these people. I mean, these people aren't just folks that we read about. These are people that you deal with on a daily basis. You've gotten to know. You care about, and so you hate seeing that. I mean, you know, you you hate you know seeing them suffer, uh, and especially because of things that have nothing to do with their control. This isn't about people going to lose jobs. And opportunities, not because of their, their their talent or ability, but just because I mean, this is something that's just out of their control, you know. And so, you just hope and you pray for those people that they can, you know, find other ways to continue to to make a living and, and be able to take care of themselves and their families. Because this is real out here, and once again, kind of how we began this, it's bigger than sports. So you know, you you want these people to be able to continue, to, you know, to to live their lives in a meaningful way. 
Well, I know um, we're going to visit with you more frequently, despite the fact that we may not have a lot of sports to talk about. Well, you and I can come up with something. But what are you going to write about in this week's uh, Houston Defender? Uh, I mean, I know we talked about that a little bit, but if you want to give pe- people a preview, or just tell them where to find you. How can they uh, reach out and find you on social media or how to read uh, read your stuff? Well, you know, you can you can always find me on social media uh, at Terrence Harris uh, on, on Twitter. I'm there. Um you know, I'm I'm in the defender, uh, you know, and and I'll try I try to bring you know some some different some different type of stories that we aren't seeing on on a daily basis in the mainstream media. And I think you know we'll we'll take a look at you know a hard look this week at the sort of how this is affecting you know you know so, some of the the sports teams and some of the sports people that you know we care most about. I mean, because I mean, like for schools like TSU and Prairie View, Prairie View, uh, you know, their men had a, a great chance to 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 make it back to the tournament this year, and now they they, they won't get that opportunity. I mean, and, and I think the the TSU women's basketball team, Jackson State, may have been the big you know the number one seed. I think anybody that was looking at them watching the swag knows that. TSU and, and, and Cynthia Cooper's squad, you couldn't count them out. I mean, so they, they had a chance to, you know, take a step this year. And unfortunately, they won't get that. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah, we talked about that. I talked about that this morning. But, yeah, tough, tough, tough times, but we'll get through it. And in the meantime, I'm going to – I might start the Devin Wade book club. <laughs> if Oprah, if Oprah can do it, so can I. You know, maybe we that's can, right. Yeah, maybe we can talk sports books or sports uh, sports movies or something. We'll find something, but we'll keep it going. But I want to thank you for joining us as always, and we look forward to visiting with you real soon. On your brother. Take it, take it easy. Okay. Our guy Terrence Harris, who is uh, currently writing for the Houston Defender, but he, he's been all over the AP. He's done newspapers, all the Chronicle. He's been all over the place. He's been doing it for years and years, and uh, now he's hanging out with us from time to time. We certainly appreciate that. With that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the person that we deem the big dummy of the podcast. Now, normally it goes to somebody in or around the world of sports. And we have somebody, I mean, Bill O'Brien could be the recipient of the Lamont Award. And I don't know how many I've given him, but he should get more. And, and maybe he should be in the, the Lamont Hall of Fame. But this time, uh, this should not even be the Lamont Award. This should be the <laughs> Award. Because this is a move and it really sort of represents the worst of humankind in times of crisis now this is if you want to say oh and glorify this and say oh this is capitalism no let's talk a little bit about this a tennessee man planned to sell his stockpile at marked up prices online he's now under investigation for price gouging a tennessee man who became the subject of national scoring after stockpiling 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer he ended up having to donate all of those supplies on sunday as the tennessee attorney general's office began to investigate him for price gouging this name is matt colvin he's an amazon seller out of chattanooga tennessee now, he helped volunteers from a local church load two-thirds of his stockpile of hand sanitizer and antibacterial wipes into a box truck for the church to distribute to the people in need across Tennessee. 
what he did is he went all over Tennessee and Kentucky. He had vision. This is capitalism at its worst. He went and found all of the hand sanitizer, antibacterial stuff that he could find. Anything that he wipes, all of that. And he was going to jack up the prices and sell them. Well, within 24 hours, they were on his ass. I'm talking about Amazon suspended him ebay suspended him they said that he had death threats in an hour-long interview on sunday he, uh, mr colvin expressed remorse for his actions said that he when he decided to hoard the sanitizer and wipes he didn't realize the gravity of the coronavirus outbreak or the severe shortage of sanitizer and wipes and he says quote i've been buying and selling things for 10 years there have been hot products after hot products but the thing is um, there's always another one on the shelf and so he said when he did this trip he had no idea he said since then people have posted his address online sent pizzas to his home his inbox has been flooded with ugly messages one email said your behavior is probably going to end up with someone killing you and your wife and your children now, that's a little bit much that's too too much but anyway he, he donated it he got he got rid of it the attorney general hit him with a desist he didn't have anywhere to sell it, so he had to donate it. So now this dumb is out of all the money that he spent, and he should have been. That's not right. And maybe he didn't understand the severity of it, but you just come on, man. That's just the you don't do that, and I, that upsets me. And it's a really really big deal. And at least the church is around, or I guess the church that he gave it to can distribute that to folks in need. Because remember, in Tennessee they had the tornadoes there. So they're recovering from a double whammy. Not only are they having to deal with the coronavirus, they just had massive turn, uh, tornadoes in the Nashville area. So for all of that, for just accumulating 17, and I don't know how much that was. I didn't even look for the figure. And the information came from the New York Times. So I got all of that from the New York Times. But for a man to accumulate 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> really what he is is a big but okay. You know, he did the right thing in the end after he was forced to do so. And you know, it's amazing how that heat gets on you. And you talk about cancel culture, you know, but he redeemed himself by giving it away. But yeah, watch this guy. He, he may not be back selling anything after a while. That's just, you know, again, he's not the only one. Look at some of the other corporations that are doing it on a higher level. We won't even talk about that. We can, but we're not going to talk about it this episode. But with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to thank you for calling. If you didn't get hear your call on, call 832-941-6614. And next time I, I will read some of your comments. Again, uh, 832-941-6614. Coming up, a mix from our DJ, DJ Anarchy. If you have music for us, hit me up at music at wageworldproductions.com and let us know and make sure it's radio edit. The genre does not matter. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And, of course, you got to go. You got to go to wagewordproductions.com and subscribe to the email list. want to thank you guys. And, as always, have a great day. And remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.
forget that you're lost in Paris. Lost in Paris. I hope that you're warm and safe. The memory that I can't replace, but you're lost in Paris. Your pride and put aside your ego, man. Fuck being my oldest. I'm just being honest. You seem whole. 